social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Fall is the perfect time to get your lawn the best it can be. Folks, call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. Lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. Fall is the perfect time where they will treat your lawn. Top quality lawn care company for Rhode Island. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. And this is the best time to have it treated. Call Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today, 401 401- 392-1025 or online at lawndoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Well, it is Wednesday, and, you know, this story about Governor McKee that I'm about to play for you, and I want to give good credit to Channel 12. You know, they don't have an axe to grind. I, I think I'm starting to hear the McKee people think that Channel 12 is out to get them or they're doing the bidding of another campaign. I, I don't see it that way. Um, there's certainly a lot of questions of the way things are handled back in the spring. And Channel 12, I think it's just doing some good reporting. Now, where Governor McKee is fortunate is, you know, there's different types of controversies. This is not an easy one to understand. What do I mean by that? I think the wetlands thing with his former chief of staff, that was a little more easy to understand than this contract controversy, but it's still not great. And it's also, by the way, not over. So I want to play for you. I mean, they Channel 12 has three of their top reporters on it, Eli Sherman, Ted Nisi, and Tim White. This is the Channel 12 latest contract controversy regarding Rhode Island Governor Dan McKay. Target 12, investigators exclusive. Contract controversy, as Target 12 first revealed last month, a lucrative state contract went to a brand new consulting firm with political connections, even though another company offered to do the work for less. In response to our reporting tonight, lawmakers grilled officials about how that deal came together. Target 12 investigator Ted Nisi is here now with a recap. Senators zeroed in on a Zoom meeting that Governor Dan McKee held days after he took office, and they questioned whether this entire bidding process was designed to benefit one company. The objective of the hearing? is to get a handle on all the facts. Senate Oversight Committee Chairman Lou De Palma kicking off the first hearing on the controversial ILO Group contract. The McKee administration receiving bipartisan criticism. It doesn't hold water. It does not hold water. My mom always used to say, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And there's a lot of smoke here. As Target 12 first revealed, the state awarded ILO an education consulting contract partly to help reopen schools during the pandemic, despite the fact the company bid millions more than an experienced competitor. ILO was incorporated two days after McKee took office, and at the time, ILO's managing partner was an executive at a nonprofit led by the governor's longtime ally, Mike McGee. Officials insisted no corners were cut. The evaluation itself was handled by four experienced individuals. It was extremely comprehensive. It was fair. Um, It was thorough. But senators pointed to this entry on the governor's calendar, showing McKee scheduled a meeting with Mike McGee and the state purchasing agent the same week he took office and ILO was incorporated. Senator Stephen Archambault pressed Department of Administration Director Jim Thorson about that meeting. I didn't know who ILO was. With all due respect, I didn't ask you if you knew who ILO was. ILO was discussed in the Zoom meeting. Isn't that correct? Within the context of Mike McGee had known people at ILO. It was discussed in the Zoom meeting. Yes. correct, right? Correct. Under questioning, witnesses also disclosed that the value of ILO's contract was set at up to $5.2 million by the governor's staff, not the independent review team that had vetted the company. Who who decided the the breakup of 900,000 to Westhead? So once they were deemed eligible, the agency, in this case, the governor's office, uh, had further discussions with the vendors and then decided how to break up the work. The ILO contract is funded with federal coronavirus relief dollars. Lawmakers are set to continue scrutinizing the deal at two more hearings on Wednesday. With the Target 12 investigators, Ted Nisi, 12 News. Now again, uh, I, I understand it's it's not the easiest story to understand. I mean, it's not that complicated, but it certainly sounds like the governor's office were tailoring the specs and working, you know, walking these P 
people that just, you know, started the this company and that basically um, they were kind of walking them through the process to ensure that they would get the contract. And, you know, you, you can't do that. Um, I'm not about to say <clears throat> this is like Operation Plunderdome, but one of the things you learned from Operation Plunderdome is the fact that, you know, they, they would tailor specs to meet the bid. They would have, folks, an old form of corruption is you're going to give out a bid and what you do is you work out with the person who you want to get the bid for, for various reasons, sometimes cash payment, but and I'm not alleging that in this case. But basically, you work with them to then tailor it to, you know, their specific building. And this happens sometimes where people are bidding on something. And, you know, I've had people say to me, I don't understand the bid. They say you have to have, you know, just as an example, you have to have 75 parking spaces, even though there's only going to be 40 people 35 people in the building. Well, it turns out the person was the runner-up. Maybe they only had 50 parking spaces. The person that they want to get the bid has the 75 parking spaces. So I know that sounds uh, a little innocuous, but it's not the first time. Now, this started as a Channel 12 story, and unfortunately for Governor McKee, it has now become Channel 10 is jumping on it as well. So again, there's, there's nothing about this story that is good. Uh, the governor's people keep kind of moving the line. We had no involvement, no involvement. Then it's like maybe we had a little bit of involvement. Uh, I don't understand the strategy with that. This is the Channel 10 version of the story. It's turn questioning Governor Dan McKee and his administration over a multi-million dollar state education contract. And yesterday that hearing was held amongst senators on Smith Hill. As, as NBC 10's Christine Vitale explains, there's concern that the winning bid may have had an unfair advantage. Christina? Mario, the contract was awarded to the ILO group, which is run by some of the governor's former associates. Lawmakers want to know if those relationships help the agency to win the contract. The Senate Oversight Committee wants to make sure the bidding process was fair, open, and transparent. A lot of their questions centered around the timeline of a Zoom call the governor held where it was suggested consultants be brought in to help reopen schools for in-person learning. The Zoom call was held on March 5th, just three days after the governor was sworn in, and one day after the ILO group was created by a former McKee administration associate. Senators Jonathan Acosta and Stephen Archambault, who sit in the Senate Oversight Committee, asked if, the, if this was ethical or fair that one of the leaders of the ILO group was invited to participate in that Zoom call when other bidding firms were not. You don't meet with people beforehand because you can give them an unfair advantage. ILO was discussed in that Zoom meeting. We've all agreed that's a fact, right, on March 5th. At a later point in time, that's 18 days. 18 days that ILO perhaps had a little insight that others may not have had. Fair enough? Can't know the answer to that question. We can't, but we can only wonder, and, that, and to me, that's why we're here. The official who runs ILO did not attend the meeting, but a close associate of hers was there and did mention ILO by name. We're live here in Providence. Christina Vitale, NBC 10 News. Now, again, I um, you can tell the difference in the reporter style. Ted Nisi is all over it, that reporter. Nothing against her, but seemed to kind of be going through the motions a little bit. Folks, the bottom line is, I mean, it's somewhat... I mean, I'm, it's somewhat easy to understand. So some McKee people started a company, and it certainly seems that they were given an unfair advantage. Can't do that. That's against the law. I want to be very clear. We're not alleging, you know, any money took changed hands, anything like that. These people are certainly big donors to the governor. Uh, but the governor uh, is, is now, and he and his staff, they're spending a lot of time trying to handle the questions regarding this situation as opposed to, you know, working on his agenda, working on some other things, these things start to become exhausting after a while. And it's now another new controversy. Then you wonder, where's the next controversy coming? So, but this one, this one is legit. Somebody, regardless of who's objecting in the background, right? Or who's, you know, I'm sure the company that didn't get the full bid, of course, they're upset about it. Who wouldn't be? It's millions at stake. But this, I, I am surprised that Governor McKee allowed his administration get this close to a bidding process because it certainly seems like an unfair advantage. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show.
MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, MEGA 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You need it fixed. You need, need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Our show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, uh, very interesting, oh boy, huge, very interesting race yesterday. Special primary in Providence, Senate District 3, because the person that held that seat, Gail Golden, has resigned to go work for the Biden administration. And uh, by the way, you had tremendous, excellent coverage of this special election. Oh, well, thank you, John. Uh, you know, we worked pretty hard on, on that in, in part because, look, it's a, you know, that district, you know, sure, it's a local special election for a Senate seat. But that district is, in, you know, as you know, is, um, you know, kind of a storied seat. And it's obviously, you know, one of the wealthiest parts of the entire state. And so, you know, you, there is a, a more emphasis that gets placed on on open seats over there. And what you had was. Uh, you know, it, 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 I wrote this in Roadmap this morning. Um, the candidate who won, Sam Zurier, former city councilman, is the candidate who I think actually showed that he wanted to represent Providence in the Senate, as yep. opposed to being a candidate who, you know, has lots of big issues, the global issues, right? The climate change and the, you know, uh, abortion rights and things like that. Things that are totally important. But Sam Zurier, time and time again for the last four or five weeks, you know, has has gone. Everything goes back to the Providence schools, the Providence system. And if you're a voter in Providence, particularly over there, where you look, 
you're paying large tax bills, you're worried about what you're, you know, what's going to happen in the city, could the city go bankrupt, things like that. I think his message really resonated. Uh, and so it's a, it's a big win. It's a big win for, um, in some ways, I think it's a big win for the Senate leadership because not because they love Sam Zurier, but because they didn't get a progressive, you know, another progressive in the Senate elected. Right. What do you think happened? Um, a name that had been out there and then she was kind of running before there was really even election. But uh, are you surprised Hillary Levy Friedman came in fourth? Very surprised that she came in fourth. I, I would have said to you beforehand that I would not have been surprised if Hillary Levy Friedman, Sam Zuri, or, or uh, the one of the newcomers, Brett Jacob, were the winner. Um, I thought it could. I, th- I thought it was going to be a little bit of a toss-up between those three. I was very surprised that Hillary Levy Friedman uh, came in fourth. And look, she was the best funded. She had the big endorsements, right? The AFL-CIO was with her. The Providence Firefighters. Um, I mean, she raised a boatload of money. I think in the end, it's going to end up showing she probably raised close to a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, yeah, for a how much is that per vote? Then she only got, I think, six hundred thirty-six votes somewhere in that. Ballpark. Yeah, it will. It, it's going to shake out to uh, more than a hundred dollars per vote. Potentially oh. get approaching two hundred dollars per vote. Yeah. And you know, I, I think there's a couple of things. One, she was, you know, she was not of the city of Providence, right? She had right. only moved there relatively recently in the last couple of years um but it's it's so interesting john you know this so well is you know when when you cover these local elections you know you start to believe in the narrative that you're being pushed right you see all the endorsements you see the signs and you say wow you know this this woman's probably going to win and then i spent a lot of time on the east side yesterday at all the polling precincts and you talk to voters and just you know people that you know people you don't know and uh, you know, virtually none of them were saying, you know, I really like that Hillary Levy Friedman. It, it was huh. a lot. It was a lot of I like Sam Zurier or it was. And certainly there was plenty of the progressives who said, no, no, no. I like the co-op candidate, Gina Pham. I like this guy, Brett Jacob. So there was a lot of that. The enthusiasm was very much with the progressives. And I think Hillary Levy Friedman, while she certainly I mean, they're all progressive Democrats, right? But I, I think she did not quite resonate the same way as some of the, the, the younger people in the race. It's always interesting to me, Dan McGowan, because so many times people ask me what I think about a certain candidate. And then I always say, you just don't know until are they willing to go door to door, you know, other than uh, it's not a job interview, right? right. They're not going to be selected. You have to go and build appeal and find if you have a base of voters that will vote for you. She, to me, kind of approached it almost seemed like it was going to be anointed, and it just doesn't work that way. Talk to me about Brett Jacobs, though. For um, He was the endorsed candidate of the race, and it's tough to look at, you know, did the co-op candidate really steal his thunder? Because if you add up the two of them, then then that that would be more than yeah, in Syria. If I was if I was the political cooperative, you know, after the spending the last two weeks, you know, getting killed by everybody for, oh, you're primarying other Democrats. How dare you? I would be saying to the establishment right now, wait a minute. You know, we put up the candidate that that managed to with very little kind of name recognition in the district, very little presence before she ran. uh, We put up the candidate that got that finished in second place uh truthfully you should have been voting for our person yeah. uh, more so than, than the other way around and i'll go one further on this john you know I, w- there's no doubt again as i said look it's the east side of providence right they're all some version of progressive uh and so it's not it's not like there was a tr- you know joe biden was not in this race but you know, I, I, I think what, what you saw, in, you know, when you see a turnout in a special election, 4,000 people voted in this wow. thing. That's a big number. What what I think is going to is an under kind of appreciated thing about the political cooperative uh, was their ability to turn out, I think, people who probably wouldn't have ordinarily voted. Sure. Um, and, and I think that largely means Brown University students and RISD students, because uh, remember, that's that district. That's that's yeah. where those students are. I had somebody interesting. I was at the Fox Point uh, Boys and Girls Club yesterday, yes. which is one of the, the polling places. And I had yes. somebody say to me, and you'll, you'll appreciate this name. They said, 
you know, this the the, the progressive candidate reminds me of uh, David Siegel, who, who of course yes. ran for Congress years ago, and yeah. they said it's the same thing. It's you know we nobody knew who he was, and then he managed to get you know a thousand people to come out from Brown to vote for him, and suddenly you know before long he obviously ended up running for Congress. Um, same idea here, and and what's interesting about that is I'm not so sure that the endorsed candidate Brett Jacob, again just as young, just as progressive. Um, I, I think he went with likely voters, right? People who were already in the Gail Golden camp, that sort yep. of thing. I'm not sure he engaged a lot of new people. And so, again, the political cooperative is taking a lot of heat. And for some, you know, in some cases for very good reason. Yeah. But they did a very good job in turning out votes in this in this special election. Was Sam Zuria, who was, um, you know, Ruggiero McCaffrey, who were they rooting for as much as? Well, did they stay out of it? Who are they really rooting for to win? Because this, to me, seems like if you're a Biden, McKee, Sakachi, Ruggiero, moderate Dan McGowan, that that Sam Zuri is someone, as you said, that they could work with. Absolutely. It was ABP, anybody but fam. Uh, yeah. They, they were, you know, you might have seen late in the, I think it was last uh Last week, the Providence firefighters put out a, a little bit of a mailer kind of attacking her. Yes. Uh, yeah. Make no mistake about it. That is absolutely coming from and in, in likely approved by the Senate leadership, maybe yeah. not in a formal way, but in a, but certainly in an informal way. I know that for sure. Um, mm. They did not want her to win. I think they were comfortable with anybody. Uh, my guess is they probably liked Hillary or Sam Zurier the best. Um, and, and it's because of, of what you said. I, Sam Zurier is not going to go up there and, you know, immediately seek to overthrow the government. No. Right. Um, you know, I, I covered him for a really long time as a Providence City Councilman. He's more likely to put you to sleep yeah. <laughs> with, with what he's talking about than he is to fight you. Um, but I will say. You know, again, in, in knowing him and covering him for a long time, I, I say that half, you know, jokingly about sleep the guy is as smart as as there is uh you know Rhodes scholar brilliant lawyer um and it, you know he's a thoughtful guy who really wants to you know fix the providence pension system you know has pretty serious views on education um and i think you know i think he can go up there and say hey here are my goals here's what i want to do um, and not just come in saying i will vote against everything you want because you are the senate leadership Dan McGowan, before we take a break, you know, you had actually called it and said Ray Rickman, who I know and, and like and respect, but it was just a long time since he's been on the ballot. He's still very active, and I think a lot of the, some of the programs he's put forward are very worthwhile. But, uh, it, it, you know, unfortunately in politics, it would almost seem as his window of being a win, win, uh, winning candidate is kind of closed. Yeah, you know, you're right. Ray, Ray's a very good guy and he's a smart guy and, you know, certainly a very thoughtful candidate. Uh, you know, I saw him yesterday early in the day and he told me he thought he was going to win. And, and I said, you know, huh. and I, I sort of said, you know, are, are you serious? Because no, nobody I know, including myself, thought he had a, had much of a chance. And he said, you know, he, he's like, I'm getting good messaging. And I will say in the I spent probably, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes with him. He did have people come up to him and say, hey, you know, thank you. You know, I've known you a long time. I'm with you, that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, I think he was he had good mail. Uh, he, he, he raised money. You know, he, he did all that. He ran a very real campaign but it wasn't necessarily a modern campaign i'm not sure he was ready to you know compete with the progressives and then also compete with zurier who was widely known and was a popular city councilman um and so yeah it's probably be it for ray rickman as a as a candidate he ran a decent race he just it wasn't his moment and dan mcgowan finally actually before we take the break if you're brett jacobs what i don't understand is why what are his views so different that he's not part of this, the Matt Brown co-op collaborative? Or why didn't they seek to get him? Or why not say, boy, he really does pretty much, you know, 90% align with our beliefs. So therefore, we're, we're not going to enter that race. Because if I'm him, I mean, I, I don't think it's that far off to say you take out that Gina Pham. And I, he certainly seemed to run a good campaign yeah. and he would have won that election. 
Yeah, I mean, I think again, both sides. Whether you're if you're on the Brett Jacobs side, you can make the argument that Fam shouldn't have run. If you were if you're on the Fam side, you should make the argument that Brett Jacobs shouldn't run. I think what's what's really interesting. This is the best part about what local politics is. As yeah. much as everybody wants to make this about big issues and who's super progressive and who's not and this kind of thing, at the end of the day, it's kind of a cool kids club, right? He yeah. got the. He, he got the endorsement of Gail Golden's husband in, in the district, the, the, you know, the district committee, they're sort of a, a one side of things. That's like the Murph York sort of wealthy side of, of Providence. He fit in with them. Uh, they don't necessarily love kind of the young upstarts who they don't know who are, um, you know, who they can't control in many ways. And so, you know, he ends up on one side the the progressives put up another i mean it really does it has you're exactly right those two are almost side by side on issues um it's just a matter of kind of who 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 was with you and, and you know who was supporting your uh your campaign and like who was you know really propping you up and it was a matter of you know the and you could decide for your for yourself who the cool kids are but you know it's the mercy york side and it's the more progressive matt brown side Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in, you'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, Spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at it is a challenge trying to run your business today, especially if you spend most of your time trying to find the right workers. Instead, let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Right now, are you spending a good amount of your time trying to find the right workers for your business, your company? Call MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals today, 508 508- 336-7801. If you need workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, which is aka sleep-at-home drivers, maybe it is drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals, even in the healthcare business, you can depend on MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. Call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. How much time are you spending trying to find the right workers for your business? Let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them right now. 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to touch on your uh, column that you wrote. She may be Providence's next mayor. She'd probably learn her name. It's Providence Councilwoman Nerva and am I pronouncing it right? La Fortune? La Fortune, you got Nerva. Okay. Is the, Nerva instead That's of right. Nerva is the, the difference. Nerva. Okay. Yeah. Um, touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I will. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, 
forgot we, we were off last week, so we didn't get to talk. Uh, this is the, one of the more interesting uh, parts of that Providence mayoral race. And we've known for a while, you're going to have four candidates who are very serious in that race, at least four, but four that we know. Brett Smiley, uh, Michael Solomon, Gonzalo Cuervo, and then this Providence City Councilwoman, Nirva LaFortune. Now, Nirva LaFortune isn't the big household name to people who are listening to you and I speak, but she's from that same Senate district that we were just talking about in the last segment. Um, you know, she's from the east side of Providence, uh, got more votes than anybody on the Providence City Council in the last election in 2018. She got somewhere around 4,000 votes herself. Um, you know, is very popular in that community. She has the chance to be the first female mayor, the chance to be the first black mayor, which, uh, as you know, this plays very, very much in a, in a very liberal city. Um, and she's going to be, I think, a very serious threat. And at the very least, she's a major problem for Brett Smiley because they're pulling from kind of the same voters over there on the east side. The thing is, there are so many votes over there that if you could, let's say they those two were to split the east side in some way, there's still a path to victory for both of them, you know, throughout the rest of the city. And Nirvana Fortune is someone to, to pay close attention to. She's probably, I think it's fair to say, the most progressive candidate in the race. She will not be a political cooperative candidate, though. She's not in that crowd, but I think she's probably the most left-leaning. She's been somewhat critical of the police, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of, I think some of the public employee unions will be uh, pushing back against her candidacy, but she's going to be a real factor in the race. And in fact, I'm a little surprised that she hasn't almost caught on even more because again, those narratives, first black mayor, first female mayor, while a lot of people might roll their eyes at that, it, it does matter. We're just seeing it play out in the Boston mayoral race, uh, you know, just, just up uh, north of us. These things, you know, sometimes that stuff matters even more than some of the issues. Uh, and so I think she's going to be a real factor. And by jumping in the race, um, uh, you know, formally or officially, now she's going to kind of unload on fundraising. She's going to need to really kind of staff up and, and, and get up on the issues. But I think she's going to be a factor for the, for the next year. Uh, folks, so speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Dan, going back to the Matt Brown Co-op Collaborative, which I, I like it is. It's a civil war within the Democrat Party. But what are your thoughts on and, and what are you hearing about two of the candidates that basically got knocked off? They went back through some of their social media posts and uh, and then the collaborative had to kind of step away. And I, I get you get the feeling that, you know, different people are going through all of these former the social media posts of, of some of these individuals. But well, what, what, what do you think of that? You, you just said something. I don't even think you might, you might've known you said it and it was exactly right. Too many people are framing this as a progressive civil war. This is a democratic party civil yes. war. Um, yep. And, and here's your best example, you know, your, your best reason why uh, to your point Who's going through all of all these candidates and their social media posts? Who's doing what we call opposition research? Right. It's not it's not the Republican Party. No, right? it is the the establishment Democrats who are doing yep. this. Where do you think these leaks are coming from? That's um, right. Yeah, you know, I would say if on the political cooperative, look, you, you know, you, you made a big slash last year. You now have made a big slash with a candidate for governor, a candidate for lieutenant governor. You know, you got to button your stuff up, right? You. you you're you're a serious organization now and so you know you gotta vet your candidates they did a i think a pretty poor job i think they became really uh obsessed with wow we you know we have a chance to take to take over the senate so let's run against a few democrats who are you know wishy-washy on the issues uh dawn oyer in newport you know they're considering running against josh miller and cranston these are people who Normal. I mean, John, you know, Josh Miller, you, you would yeah. probably say he's a socialist in some Absolutely. cases. And he so is. the idea that he that he is not progressive enough. Wow. Um, I, I think it I think it makes a lot of people within the party very frustrated because they're saying, wait, you're you know, you're taking on our good candidates or our, our good incumbents. But it's it's real because what you have here is. You've got these far left political cooperative folks. Then you have another, you know, group of people very far to the left, the Aaron Regenbergs of the world, you know, who are not kind of in with that club. 
they've got their own sort of views on the world. And then you have, you know, the, the establishment Democratic Party who, you know, obviously still has lots of power, all the power when it comes to the state house. Uh, and they're sitting there kind of shaking in their boots because they don't know what to think of what's happening. So it's a it's a civil war within the party broadly, not just among, you know, a handful of progressive, you know, young progressive activists. It's it's bigger than that. Before we go to the break, what, what's your, what do you think the thoughts of whether Kikoi McCoy or Sakachi or or even uh, Dan McKee, for that matter, but what, uh, Dan McGowan, what are their thoughts on Matt Brown? Oh, I think they're very frustrated. I mean, you're seeing, yeah. obviously, you know, Kate Coy McCoy, I think a couple of weeks ago, had a big, you know, very critical statement about uh, Matt Brown getting in the race. You know, part of it is they don't know how to handle it. And if you're somebody, use Joe Shikarchi as a great example, right? How he rises to become the House Speaker is, is arguably, probably inarguably, the, the most powerful politician in the state of Rhode Island. And here's a guy who, who has been in politics virtually his entire adult life right and he's seen how the system you know is in his eyes supposed to work in his case it worked really well right you worked your way up through local politics you were on campaigns you became a successful lawyer boom you ran for office now you're the speaker of the house and he's saying wait a minute all these people are popping up i don't even know who they don't come to our events you know they're 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 not from here they all went to brown and i think it i think it really throws them off and the thing that throws them off the most is the young people, the, the progressive, these progressive candidates, they have nothing but time. They knock doors, yeah. they work hard, right. they volunteer. They don't, you know, a lot of people are, are really uh, concerned about the, the finances of the, of the political cooperative and everybody wants to know, you know, where are they getting their money from? The thing is, and that's a legitimate question, but the thing is the number of volunteers who just want to hold a sign or, you know, chain themselves to a door. These people aren't getting paid for that necessarily. They're, they just love this. Um, And, and, you know, there's a never ending, um, you know, barrage of them. They just continue to come every year. A new group pops up at Brown. Uh, And so they're going to be a factor and they're getting more sophisticated when it comes to the, to the local campaigns. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're the establishment here in the state, I think you have real challenges. You know, there's a part of me that wants to say this should open up a, you know, a, a conversation with the Republican Party to say, hey, yes. you know, this is an opening, right? This is the classic, uh, the Buddy Sancy, how Buddy Sancy became the mayor, right? Democrats right. split, he becomes the mayor. Um, the thing is, is, you're just not quite seeing that organization really come together, at least not yet. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. It's fall. Very soon, the heating season will be here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System. J.K.L. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency Infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navian certified factory dealer called J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401 351 7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401-351-7600 we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan before i uh move on to the next thing i do want to ask you aaron regenberg who was seen as the most progressive individual but he wrote some uh, pretty tough uh pieces that the globe have printed his opinion pieces on the 
co-op collaborative and uh, really taking shots at them. You've covered him for quite some time. What, what do you think of uh, those pieces? Well, I think the pieces were really interesting. And, you know, look, we're, <laughs> we know what we're doing, right? Aaron's a big name in that world. Yeah. And him, you know, being somewhat critical of kind of his own um, is obviously uh, is both newsworthy and interesting. Um, there's a part of me that thinks, look, you know, he's, he doesn't have a path in the next election necessarily. He's a law school student, uh, you know, is trying to figure out what's next for him, right? And he wants to know where his place is uh, in the party and in Rhode Island politics. And so, you know, the, there, there's a little bit of just, I think he wants to be relevant and have a, you know, and have a say. Uh, and yep. clearly he does. So I think that's one factor. But the thing is, is, again, he is one of the the best kind of political organizers in the state of Rhode Island. Yeah, uh, you know, I go back much. to, he was a student at Brown in 2010 yeah. when, uh, when he was the East side field director for Angel Tavares's campaign. I mean, he wow. was the person, the face of the Angel Tavares campaign, you yeah. know, now 11 years ago, that was obviously so very successful um, he started he, the Providence Student Union. That's exactly right. And I mean, they yeah. were uh, and still are, but were a big factor. We're a real thorn in Deb Gist's side, yes. you know, got real changes in, in some cases. And so he's as good of an organizer as there is out there. So the, the thing with the, the political cooperative or this progressive fight is you can't alienate him, right? Because he's good at this. Uh, and, and really, I mean, you know, he would probably be, the best statewide candidate of that group, right? Not, not, not necessarily broadly, but of that group. Um, but right now they're really clashing and, you know, sit back and, and pop some popcorn because I think it's not going to end. Now, Dan McGowan, um, you had a good piece that Governor McKee, his approval rating has fallen. Not a lot, but 10 points right around there. That's still pretty substantial. I'm curious as to how you think the McKee people have reacted to his falling polling numbers? Uh, I think the Dan McKee ship is, is, uh, you know, they're, they're treating it like they've hit an iceberg right there. I think they're really, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of running in place, whatever the cliche is right now. And actually it's funny. You and I have talked about this a bunch of times. I think it's actually a little bit overblown. I, th- I I'm not convinced that some of the so-called scandals that we're seeing are, you know, career ending, except for, one th- except for one thing, he is making it, uh, yeah. you know, such an issue. I mean, you know, I have very good sourcing, you know, who's been around him, who knows this is what he talks about all the time. He's talking about, wow. you know, an education consulting contract uh, that that nobody in the world knows what it means. And he's so he's almost blindly angry with Channel 12. Who, oh, yeah. You know, who've been who've been, you know, really out in front on that story. Um, and, you know, this is that that challenge when you're when you're somebody who really pays very close attention to what the media says about you and what your coverage is i think sometimes you get really bogged down in oh my god how you know how do we win them back or how you know what do we have to do do we give them stuff i mean honestly these are the goofy things that go through uh politicians heads at some point and right now this is all in his head and you know here's the thing you haven't heard him talk about any real significant initiative uh in months uh, you know, that, that, that he's really looking forward to because he just can't get out of the way of some of these, you know, again, minor scandals that he himself is allowing to become much bigger than they are. What did you make of him, his uh, statement, I believe yesterday, of saying, you know, we, we have to find something for these healthcare workers, or maybe we're going to bring them back when the numbers die down. We can't leave them behind. That That, to me, is much different than... It, it now almost seems like it was out of character for him when he was like the real tough talk. Uh, they have to get it or they're out. That I don't think that was the Governor Dan McKee. I think the way we're seeing him now is more reflective of the type of leader individual he is. I think it's so right. And I think it's, yeah. by the way, in most cases, that that very reasonable, practical person is the person that, that you actually really come to appreciate, right? Again, yes. think about his experience. You're the mayor of Cumberland. 
you know, some, let's say the, the largest or second largest employer in Cumberland comes to you and says, hey, um, you know, we're, we're going to close down and, and uh, you know, we're leaving town. You immediately go into, wait a minute, how do we, you know, what are we going to do for all those workers? How do we keep you? What can we give you? What, you know, all, all the questions that, again, any mayor would, would be thinking about. Um, and I think in his case, you know, right, you, you want to take that tough approach, by the way, a National Democratic Party approach, right? Tough with vaccines, tough with mandates. You know, this is what, what you're supposed to be doing is what presumably consultants are telling him. But then at the end of the day, you know, he goes home, puts his head on the pillow and thinks about, he, he still thinks of himself as a local mayor. And he's like, wait a minute, you know, firefighters might lose their jobs or healthcare workers. I can't let that happen. So I think you're right. I think this is more like him. The challenge is, is the public health problem, right? This isn't, yes. uh, this isn't, you know, uh, uh, something like a, a job, you know, a, a company clo- a plant closing or something like that. And I think that gets him in this tough spot where, he, he wants to be all things to all people. And most of the time, that's a good thing. But when it comes to public health, I think there's a lot of kind of wavering. And I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, are, are concerned that he just kind of can't make a, a, a decision and stick with it. You know, that's a, a excellent observation, Dave McGowan. I was just about to say, it's not as easy as it looks. And, and one thing I'll say about former governor, now Commerce Secretary Raimondo, she understood, but boy, when she talked about you know, the teachers at Warwick Pataka threw the towel in on those kids. She would take a hard line, but she would hold that hard yep. line. I don't see that with, with the McKee administration. I don't think it's his style. And I, I think it is going to, I think it's going to cause problems for him. Speaking of another politician, folks, there's a great piece in the Boston Globe today that Congressman Langevin is uh, now responding to Bishop Tobin. And I'm curious your thought on his response to the Bishop Dan McGowan. You know, it's funny. You talk about Dan McKee and sort of how a lot of these things, these decisions that you make are, are much harder when you're, when you're the one making them. Um, yeah. You know, I think of that very similar when it comes to religion, maybe even more so, you know, Jim Langevin it, it has not actually changed all that much, um, you know, over the years, right? He's, very you know devout catholic and uh you know has pretty strong views where he has let's face it he's come along with the democratic party right and and has had to adjust sort of his public views and you know he he can you know get into the nuances of what's legislation and what are rights versus what are my beliefs and you know he's always had that but I, I think he, I, I think there are some people who roll their eyes a little bit at 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 uh, uh, Bishop Tobin. I think if you're somebody like Jim Langevin, I think the, the you know critiques and criticism from the bishop really matter. And and I my takeaway on on Ed's, Ed Fitzpatrick's article and from from what I know about his conversations with Jim Langevin, I think I think the congressman is 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 a little bit hurt and he's trying to figure out sort of what's the best way for me to kind of stay within the kind of mainstream of my party. Um, But also I, you know, I I don't, I don't want to have a public fight with, with the Bishop. Um, I think it's really, I think it's a tough, uh, a tough situation for somebody again, who, you know, who has been always seen as, as a, you know, a very Catholic politician. Folks each day I start my day by I get an email. It's from Dan McGowan. It's called Roadmap. And to me, it's the new way in some ways of reading the paper because it is all links to stories that I want to read, such as that Red Sox Yankees last night, or then obviously was all the, at the time the Patriot coverage. Now there's even more Patriot news. And uh, folks, best of all, it arrives free in your inbox. All you have to do right now is listen up as Dan McGowan's going to explain how you can receive it. You know, John, I, the thing I love that you said about that is, is I completely agree that, that, you know, it is a great kind of distribution. It's, it's a great way to, it's like your morning newspaper it is. and, and just like your morning newspaper, look, there are things that I write that you won't care about. There are things that, you know, that I link to that you might not want to, to, to click on. The great part about it is we, we link to enough where you're going to find something you like, something you didn't know, something yep. you find interesting. And like you said, completely free. The best way to get it every weekday morning, just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is. Just a blank email. 
rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job as always. We'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Thanks. MEGA Logistics, M-E-G-A. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300, MEGA Logistics. Everything you need to run your business efficiently. Whether you have freight, freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, supply chain management, routing, or maybe it's bill auditing, customer developing, a proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let MEGA Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401-431-2300, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Again, if you have freight, freight, goods, warehousing, transportation, third-party brokerage, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300, 401-431-2300 for MEGA Logistics. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, dePetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com to there. You can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise and at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401-439-6028 Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist Yankee Tree Service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com.